Hello, everyone, and welcome to Plastic Possibilities, a podcast produced by Plastics Today. I'm Norbert Sparrow, editor of Plastics Today, and I'm joined by Perk Pineda, chief economist of the Plastics Industry Association. Perk will share some insights on where the industry is headed in 2021. Uh, Welcome to the podcast, Perk. Thank you, Norbert. I'm glad to be here. Great. Uh, Well, let me get started. Um, And before we prognosticate, uh, let me ask you um, about how the industry navigated what I would call one of the most bizarre years I've ever experienced. Um, Let's start with how things were looking before the pandemic appeared in the U.S. What did 2020 look like from the perspective of 2019? What were you expecting to see? Well, going into 2020, we were expecting that things would be about the same as 2019. And in fact, we were expecting uh, resin production, for example, to be increasing, but other sectors of the industry, such as plastics products manufacturing, uh, plastics machinery, I was projecting them to go sideways, so, so flattening out for 2020, with probably a little dip in the molds production side of the industry. And this was because the economy has been expanding for an extended amount of time beyond the proverbial seven-year business cycle. And so it was bound to slow down or plateau, so to speak. But we were not uh, prepared for such drastic uh, decline, particularly in the first quarter of um, 2020. Right. Well, no one was prepared for this. I can can vouch for that. Uh, And then, of course, as we all know, around March, everything changed. So tell me, how did industry fare during the first wave of COVID-19? And how did it end the year as far as you can tell? Because I know you may not have the fourth quarter uh, statistics done yet. Yes, the first quarter, I think, was the toughest, uh, particularly if you go into the tail end of the first quarter. And April was really the global uh, minimum in terms of the whole industry. Um, If you look at the industrial production uh, of plastics products, for example, it decreased 13.9% from March to April. and But it started turning around, though, uh, in May to December. And in December, we saw production increase 21.6% from April. And comparing that from a year ago, um, industrial production in plastics product manufacturing was only marginally lower by 0.13%. But in any other metric, you could really see that so the first quarter, particularly the tail end of it and going into April, was really the worst month for the plastics industry last year. Right. Now, there, there are some bright spots, at least among the processors, I believe, because of the um, PPE, uh, the demand for PPE and various other uh, plastic products, right? Yes, yes. And I think that's part of the reason why we uh, experience a quicker turnaround. I mean, the, the whole industry was prepared to be in a longer for longer, uh, for lower for longer rather scenario, but things turned around rather quickly in the manufacturing sector, which is where most plastics uh, end up. And like the services sector, we all know that up to today, I believe one out of six restaurants are still closed or are permanently closed. But that didn't really happen in the manufacturing sector. There was a quicker turnaround. And so uh, plastics play a critical role in the uh, consumer essentials, and that consumption didn't stop, and so the production didn't stop either. I mean, we've seen consumer stockpiling on food and beverages, and so in that space, plastics packaging, plastics products, and even in the distribution and the logistics of moving food and beverages throughout the economy, uh, plastics is an important uh, material. 
And so we really saw an increase of plastics in the space. And the other reason why we also saw a quicker turnaround was some of the end markets of plastics uh, recovered faster than we expected. And one of which is the auto industry. Um, after April, it started improving. And the same thing can be said on housing also. I mean, the housing sector, of course, had a negative shock initially, but the housing market was underbuilt going into the pandemic. And so there has to be construction after um, uh, April. And so it started and it picked up and it expanded and it rebounded. And that has also benefited the plastics industry. Yeah. So that's all pretty positive. Um, so let's look forward now. Um, how, how do you see 2021 playing out for the industry? Uh, a continuation of that rebound or or, or what? <laughs> I think it's my sense is it's probably going to be a continuation of the rebound. And for the very reason that we are a uh, mature industry. And so therefore, we track the growth of the economy. Uh, if you look at it in terms of GDP, we're looking at higher GDP in 2021. And in fact, um, our forecast of 4.1% increase in GDP would probably be revised um, higher uh, because I think we will have a stronger economic rebound in 2021. We're probably not going to be in a uh, faster expansionary pace. We'll probably stay in the recovery cycle, so to speak. But I think the prospects for the plastics industry are actually looking good. Um, I see uh, production numbers probably uh, go to the positive territory uh, for 2021, perhaps a 5.5% uh, increase in for plastics machinery, maybe a 4% increase in plastics product production, a 6.4% probably in the molds um, for plastic sector, and probably a 1.7% increase in resin manufacturing. Uh, resin did not really have a negative impact uh, in 2020 uh, due to COVID. And in fact, if we look at the capacity utilization in um, resin manufacturing in the United States, it was actually bouncing around like it was a normal year, <laughs> not in a recessionary, no recessionary periods whatsoever. And so, um, in fact, for 2021, we would pro of 2020 rather, we probably have projected a 0.2% increase in resin production. So, of all the four sectors that I've mentioned, resin was the least affected sector in the plastics uh, industry. But all four sectors are expected to be doing better in 2021 compared to 2020, and even compared to 2019. Well, you're giving us a lot of hope there. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and, and just last question, um, are there discrepancies globally? Uh, is, now you talk about the U.S. Um, how do, you, uh, do you have any knowledge of uh, how the global uh, plastics industry might be doing next year? Well, next year, um, sure. One of the realities that we had to accept in 2020 was global plastics trade was actually low. And I wouldn't be surprised uh, based on the preliminary estimates that the U.S. plastics industry experienced its first trade deficit. After many years of a surplus, it probably experienced its first trade deficit in 2020. But now with global economic outlook uh, much improved, I think we're expecting a 5.5 increase in global output. And that should also improve business activities globally 
And so by extension, it follows the demand for plastics across borders would probably also increase. Um, bear in mind that there are three global players in the plastics uh, trade. Number one is China, followed by the United States, and the third is Germany. All three countries, and even China, is expected to grow about 8.1% uh, this year. And so all three countries are poised for growth in 2021. And so then perhaps the total value of plastics trade will also be higher than in 2020. Sounds great. Well, that's all I had to ask you, uh, uh, Perk. I uh, want to thank you very much for taking the time to chat, and maybe we can do this again later in the year and see how um, these uh, forecasts uh, hold up. <laughs> My pleasure. Uh, right. Um, okay, and thank you to our audience for listening. I hope you enjoyed this conversation and ideally picked up some insights. You can engage with Perk and read his commentaries on the Plastics Industry Association website, plasticsindustry.org. Also, want to encourage you to visit plasticstoday.com, where we report on the news, trends, and technologies impacting the plastics industry. Goodbye for now.